listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. My name is Dr. H and I am your host. I am a wellness pharmacist, pharmacy owner, and certified sports nutritionist. Join me while we discuss a wide range of topics ranging from health and wellness, sports, and even some small business secrets. Feel free to join our Discord for more interactions with me and other fellow listeners. Now let's get into the show. Welcome, 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 sports pharmacy fans. I have with me my good friend, Kunal Shah, here with me. What's up, Kunal? What's going on, man? Not much. Excited to be here. So Kunal Shah is business law attorney with the law firm of Spencer Fain in North Dallas. Cool thing about Kunal, he happens to be my business attorney. So I always like to say he's my attorney first, and then he's my dear friend. Is that fair to say? Friend is used very loosely, I see here, but <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Uh, I, I look at you as a friend first. I appreciate that, buddy. So we met via a Facebook group in our neighborhood. I'm not going to go deep into how we met via the neighborhood group, but just say, hey, this guy seems pretty cool. We should become friends. And that's what happened. We really became fast friends. I got to meet his lovely family, which I, between his wife and his kids are just great people. And I just got to know Kuhn all over the years. And he was nice enough to come on and talk to us today about some legal issues that a lot of his healthcare clients see. So Kuhn all man, please tell us a little bit about yourself and where you went to school, where you're from, everything. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been following your podcast for some time, and it's actually one that I enjoy listening to. It's very interesting. I, as in your audience, get to know now, I'm from the Northeast. I grew up in New Jersey. I uh, went to school out there at Rutgers. I worked in the New York area. I moved out to Texas. My wife is from here, and I've that's how I, I became good friends with you and started servicing the Dallas market. I've been an attorney for 12, 13 years, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, man. And you moved here. How long ago did you move here? 2017. So we're over six years now. Yeah, it's been six years already, man. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Long. And we both live up here in the North Dallas area. Being around you, man, has been really cool getting to know you and getting to know everything around you, especially as you're obviously you're my attorney. So I get to take advantage of that, which is great. <laughs> Kunal is really nice enough, man, to really join us and talk about some pitfalls that he sees within his healthcare clients. So, man, let's not waste any time. We're sure. going to talk about that a little bit. We'll talk a little sports, and then I'm going to let you get out of here and go save lives. Is that, is that cool with you? <laughs> okay, we'll call it that. Well, that sounds great. I'm excited for the sports part more than anything. As you'll know, a lot of the work that you and I do is you give me a call, I answer some questions, and then I don't bill you for it. But in general, that's how I've grown my practice. I am by trade an employment attorney. What that means is I counsel employers or help <clears throat> defend them against any employment related lawsuit, whether it's <clears throat> theft of trade secrets or discrimination or anything like that. Excuse me. Around the time COVID started, a lot of my employer clients were actually having issues that didn't really involve employment issues. One of which being, hey, I've got a lot of service contracts. We have no customers. When it came to my clients in the medical space, whether it be hospitals, pharmacies, pediatric facilities, any real, my clients are on the gamut from smaller neighborhood facilities uh, or providers to hospitals in, in Dallas. All of them had the same question, which was, okay, we've all been told, especially for the hospitals, we can't do elective surgeries. We've got all this PPP. We've got all these service contracts. Remember that. Yep. We can't, we're paying out the, we're paying out the nose for people to come maintain products that we're not using. 
we're paying for a lot of inventory. We're playing for supply chain management. We're playing for EHR services. And what I noticed was a lot of the, my healthcare clients had so many service agreements that they didn't do anything. They, did, they, did, they actually outsource most of their needs, right? Whether it be even pharmacists. And I think we, I talked to you about this. I, I had a hospital, I have a hospital in Dallas that for a time period outsourced their pharmacy, right? Mm -hmm. They were contractors working at the hospital and that's all fine and good. But when you, when your service agreements start adding up, you probably stop looking at them. You probably start reading, mm -hmm. stop reading them. And for lawyers, right? We read everything. Even if I go to a theme park, I'm looking at the back of the ticket just for fun, right? <laughs> but what I've noticed and what has grown my, my practice from just an employment attorney to a business attorney is that a lot of healthcare professionals, yourself included, will see a need and will accomplish that need by getting into a service contract or a vendor agreement with a third party. So it's kind of out of source, out of sight, out of mind, right? Because you all have a lot of, a lot more important things to do, whether it's physicians, whether you have patients, you have patient needs, you have more pressing issues. So what happens is you sign an agreement and your, your contractors, your service providers, the pitch is where they make their money, right? They're not making their money necessarily by delivering you the best quality or the best product. What they're doing is they're selling you something amazing. They, they're promising to make your life easier for a fee. And for the most part, it works if you're paying attention to your contract. So what I noticed during COVID was none of y'all paid attention to your contracts when you signed them. And, and what I also noticed, which was sad, was there's so much waste. Now, we all know that the healthcare industry is going through growing pains it's in, and there's a lot of restructuring and bankruptcies. And a lot of that has to deal with too many hirings, these vendor agreements that you can't get out of and waste. I call it all kind of economic waste. Pretty early on, I noticed that, man, a lot of these contracts had major issues in them that, that for attorneys are the easy kind of make sure this contract doesn't happen. One of which is a term limit. I had a contractor who signed a maintenance agreement to <clears throat> with, with some third-party company to maintain their equipment. It was a hospital and to maintain really expensive equipment that they didn't want to maintain and you know, keep lubricated and all that good stuff. And they signed a five-year agreement. After about a year of not using the agreement through COVID, they realized, okay, we actually don't need this company. And they're actually not even coming out anymore. They're not calling us per the agreement. They're supposed to May give us maintenance records, check in with us. And then you read the agreements for five years. And then it also has a cancellation penalty where it says, oh yeah, you can cancel this earlier than five years. You just owe us the rest of the balance going forward. Mm. And, and some of these are 10 to $20,000. This particular one was about $280,000 for the rest of the mm. contract, right? That's a lot of money. But in that scenario, when you've already entered into the contract, what we do is we identify, okay, why do you want to get out of it? Is it something that you can legally get out of? Meaning a force majeure, which is the governor of Texas is saying, you can't do elective surgeries. Okay. Then we can find a way to say, there's a third intervening pandemic that's preventing you from doing this. It's in your contract. So we're allowed to get out of it. Or for other providers and other contract issues I've seen, they're just not doing their job. So they've breached the agreement. So then you call me and then we write a letter or we reach out to this entity and say, listen, you've breached the agreement. We've paid you X amount of money. We either want our money back or we want to get out of this agreement 
are we going to renegotiate the agreement so it gets to a point where we can all move forward amicably? But those are all the things that I do when you've already gotten into the mess, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what I, these clients, once they get into the mess, now they overcompensate and send me every single contract that they yeah. have, which is Guilty. great for me. But in general, there should be a delicate balance. There should be, a, okay, some of these things I can read. I learned from my mistakes. Kunal told me, check the terms, check how, what the notice periods are. I like to enter into service agreements, or I like to have my clients enter into service agreements where they can just give 30 days, 60 days notice at max and just get out of it. Pay for whatever services that they've taken and then get out of it, walk your separate ways. And most of the time when the service providers are trying to get into the contracts, they are in their best behavior. They want that business. They want yeah. that business more than anything. So if it's something like, okay, we'll give you the business. However, we want to negotiate X, Y, and Z, or we want to be able to cancel this thing. If you're not doing what you promised with 30 days notice, that's they're going to enter into that because they want the money. But two, if they can, if, if they know that this client of theirs has a 30 day cancellation period, they're probably going to work harder to meet your needs because they know they can lose the business at any time. And in a lot of businesses and in, in yours and in mine, if you're not providing good service, your clients are going to take their business elsewhere. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. there are a million of me and you, and we can't, we have no sort of contract where you are beholden by us forever. For us in the legal industry, you can't do that for you. You can't, right? You can't say you're only buying your products from me. There's freedom of choice for your patients. We don't have that. And it shouldn't be expected of our service providers to feel like they have that over us when it's us who they really need. So I think in the grand scheme of things, and I think it's because medical professionals are so busy, like I said before, um, and, and they just don't have the time to waste to read contracts because they have so many of them. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a, that's a pitfall. So what I would recommend to their, to, to, to any service provider, whether it's doctors, hospitals, pharmacists, is just read the fine print. And what's funny is I've been saying this my whole career. I, I feel like the legal industry, a lot of it is common sense. A lot of what I do is common sense until you get into litigation and real disputes, right? <laughs> but you can actually avoid attorneys. You can avoid paying for an attorney if you just take kind of time and effort. But if you don't have that time and effort, then you should just have an attorney take a look at the contract and make sure you're not getting into things that you don't know you're getting into. But the really easy ones, I still see it to this day, the terms, okay, five-year terms, 10-year terms. And then even if there's a breach, let's say you have an issue with a, a provider who's breached their contract, they sometimes have 30, 60, 90 days to fix. So you're, you're just stuck with these providers. Mm -hmm. I think the moral of the story is, and the best advice I can give to clients is, find a way to keep your service providers on their toes. <clears throat> they need you a lot more than you need them. And their job shouldn't end once you've signed the contract. And I see that a lot. And that's why in any vendor community, whether it's the, the tech community that's maintaining health records and medical records, whether it's people working for supply chain, making sure that the drugs on your shelf are all up to date and not expired, they promise you ease. And sometimes if your cash flow is great, you're not noticing the waste. But I will say most of the time, there is a lot of waste if you're not communicating with these providers on a monthly or quarterly basis, looking at what they've provided you and seeing if it's met your expectations. One, one thing I did notice, and you've taught me this really, was that 
I went to school to take care of people. Every healthcare professional will always tell you, hey, I went to medical school, dental school, nurse, whatever they want to do is that they went to that service to take care of people. As cliche as it sounds, and I know a lot of people say, oh, don't ever give that as an answer in an interview, but that's truly what we do. We're very empathetic people and we want to take care of people. And that's, that was one thing that I was lacking, even as a, as a business owner now for four years, which is by the way, wild to think about that I've yeah. survived it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that in just like the, in those years, I feel like I learned more about business acumen than I did ever in my schooling ever, even in the first year, we're not taught to be business owners, right? I'm not, I wasn't at least I never learned. I don't I, My parents didn't own businesses. I don't, I didn't know many people that did. I had to learn everything on the fly sure. and we make mistakes and I've made my mistakes. You've helped me. Other people have had much worse, but it's nice having that backup, like someone like Kunal that can be like, Hey, H, what the hell were you thinking? It's nice knowing that. And, and I will say, and this is what I think, <clears throat> I look at the legal industry. I think that a lot of legal industry can be fixed because a lot of it is really expensive. And I say this to all the time, lawyers are for pretty wealthy people. It's, un it's unfortunate. And a lot of time people only go to lawyers once the problem is there, once the litigation yep. is ensued, once the claim has been made. Yep. I think what's different about my practice, and I think it's because it bucks the trend, because I'm like you, I really do enjoy helping people, right? I like my clients. I like my mm -hmm. clients to look at me, yeah. call me and say, hey man, thank you so much. You, you saved this, you helped me with this. That's the instant gratification that lawyers usually don't get. But mm -hmm. as a lawyer who spends most of his time counseling and advising people to stay out of litigation, I'm actually only hurting myself by doing that. Stay out of your pocket, man. But in the end of the day, it makes me a lot happier. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm doing actual good in the world. I can mm -hmm. finally maybe fix the 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 stigma of lawyer just a little bit that that we aren't just all blood sucking, greedy people. Maybe to a little extent. But in the end of the day, there is a lot of skill that we have, just like you have, just like doctors have, that can help people pretty quickly. And I think that counsel and advice that that loss mitigation, that loss prevention, that cost prevention is something I pride myself in. I think that's that's consultants. In our last 20 years, the, the business of consultancy has become real big because mm -hmm. people are more inclined to pay someone short term to fix a problem than just get into these long, drawn out agreements where they don't know what the other side's doing with their money and they just feel like they're getting taken. And that's an issue in the legal field, but I think my clients keep coming back because I say, okay, I see your issue. I see how we can fix it. And this is going to prevent a lawsuit. And I think for the most part, it does work. And I think the same thing, and that's how I feel like I'm actually helping people. I'm saving lives, right? I think I'm just saving money. Mm -hmm. I think, for some, people, man. I think for some people that's as important as saving yeah. lives. Yeah. It shouldn't be, but I yeah. think saving money helps you keep your stress levels down. Yep, and yep. probably make you live a little bit longer. Hey, maybe yeah, I am. It works. I, man, I, I know we joke a lot about our friendship and stuff like that, but a person's livelihood is just as important as their health. I can tell you as much as I want to say health is wealth, but your wealth is wealth too, man. It's always going to be there. So if you're able to protect that, then that's great. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I still think though, they're both really important. And I think obviously the, the health part is what what's most important, but the wealth will help you even in the health part too, you yeah, know, yeah. It, it's just interesting. But I, I think in general, we both work to give people peace of mind. Exactly. You know? That's exactly well, it. So, and people got to have that right mindset, man. And I think a lot of business owners forget that sometimes is that you want to make sure that you're in the business of 
making sure that you're helping somebody. Like it, it could be anything. And business owners, small business owners like yourself, a, a financial issue, a burden can be as detrimental to your right. health as getting sick. We see it all the time. I have clients who call me in the middle of the night or text me and are just like worried about their case. And, and it's so easy for me to be like, listen, don't worry, I got it. But at the end of the day, it's also, hey, this is your money, your livelihood, and, and I'm just a lawyer, right? Yeah. And and it's like the same thing with you. People are are, are coming to you, hey, I, I need to get better. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? I have questions. Mm-hmm. And you can say, hey, listen, just do this. I know it's going to work for you, but there's still going to be, there's still a level yes. of anxiety. Yes. In that comes, that's why your customer service is great, because your clients can call you and talk to you and then watch you on a podcast and, and read about how you're trying to help them. And it's all part of it. Yeah, Absolutely. So what are some things that I could do to help prevent any sort of legal issues that are coming after us? I think for you, a small business owner, you got to have good insurance. You got to have good property insurance, malpractice insurance, liability insurance. I know all of that costs money, but it's a lot easier to have an insurance company pay a lawyer than you pay a lawyer. It's not as bad as you might think. I think with us, we have, I have obviously the business insurance, but then I have my own like malpractice insurance too. It's nice for the, I didn't have it before that I didn't have it before, mm-hmm. but it's nice for just peace of mind. And it's like you said, we're, I, I would gladly pay for something if it gets, makes my life easier. And if it gives yeah. me, yeah. And I, I tell clients, even like the, like for you, it's professional liability insurance for employment issues. It's employment practices, liability insurance for business owners, bigger businesses. It could be directors and officers, liability insurance. But all of that stuff comes into play, whether or not you've done anything wrong. I would say 80 to 90% of my clients who get sued didn't do anything wrong. And it's unfair for them to have to pay to defend themselves in a lawsuit for doing absolutely nothing wrong because somebody has an ax to grind. But if you have proper insurance, that will defray the cost, right? You still have your premiums, but that will help you keep your business open. This is why there's things like business continuation insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So I think insurance is real big. And I think also, if you're going to really get busy and start outsourcing, hey, I need vendors to do this, or I can't hire someone, I need independent contractors, those contracts, let's let's just make sure you understand those terms. And it it may cost you an hour of my time, two hours of my time, uh, or any attorney's time, but there are a lot of things in there. Just for example, if, if, if you are having an AR issue or if a client is having an account receivable issue and they cannot pay service providers and they're like, you know what, instead of terminating my staff or doing layoffs, I can probably get by without paying this vendor who I haven't seen in six months, $30,000 a month. You look at the contract, oh, just got to give them 30 days notice. I'm out of it. That's how you can, that's how you can minimize your loss and minimize cost. So I think. Well, those are things, if I'm going to be advertising myself as what I think I can do is that it's look at these contracts, look at your insurance. We, and to, an, to another extent, cyber cybersecurity insurance is something we're starting to do a lot of too. Really? Yeah. Cause oh, cybersecurity sense. breaches in the healthcare field are the most costly because they mm. usually involve patient information mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the ransom attack, the, the, the holding that data hostage costs a lot more than any other information. Mm aside wow. from maybe government nuclear information. So if you, you, there's so many articles out there that in the healthcare field, cybersecurity attacks are the most costly attack, bar not wow. in any industry. I, I really didn't know that. That's crazy. I'm That's good to know too. Uh, Something I, would, I gotta keep an eye on. Um, we're gonna go through some rapid fire questions with my boy here. Some are business related, some are gonna be out of right field. Is that cool with you? All right, sounds good. All right, ready? 
Yep. All right. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Favorite rapper? Biggie. Your favorite rapper is Biggie? Or Eminem. Okay. Thank you. That's what I thought. We had this long conversation about that. Can you get me out of a speeding ticket? No. What do I do if I get jury duty? I think you know exactly what to do, right? <laughs> Tell them how important you are to the welfare and health of the community. and Yeah, the economy. Yeah, and the economy. Yeah. I can't favorite, get out of it. Uh, favorite movie? The Wolf of Wall Street. Fitting. Your favorite type of food? Fa pizza. Pizza? Of course. Oh, that's true. You do like pizza. Uh, favorite place to get pizza here locally in North Dallas? Um, that's, a, that's a good one. I would say Mr. O Pizza in Dallas. It's a new pizza place that opened up, originated in Miami, and it's got hands down one of the best slices I've ever had in my life. Really? Okay. Yes. Now, now you may have to take me there. It's far, but we can it's, go. Is it like a weekend trip to Dallas? <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> it feels that way, man. <laughs> I think Kunal passed our rapid fire questions. Let's talk a little sports. Kunal happens to be oh, a boy. fan of a sport that I know nothing about. So I've tried to learn. I have like researched trying to find who's their competitors, like what the things mean in the sport. But my boy here is a Yankees fan being from New Jersey, worked in New York, so he's used to it. How is the Yankee season going? I feel like you know exactly how the Yankee season's going. And this is a little <laughs> question. Oh, they're underachieving. They're absolutely yeah. underachieving. They they're... started out hot, right? No, they didn't. Really? They didn't. Oh, they have been underachieving because their ownership and GM are just happy with complacency because they're making money hand over foot. Of course. And uh, they do not want to put the best team out on the field and yeah so they are not doing well they should be doing a lot better they are embarrassing that great city of new york right now i i thought i would play a mean joke a couple of weeks ago on kunal and said that i was going to be a mets fan but <laughs> i even told him i was like i researched the team and i was like i can't support this now, team as bad as the yankees ever are the yeah. good thing is you've got your little mess up brother in town, the New York Mets, who will always do something to just take the light off of the stink of the season. And they will always sink below level oh, no. you thought they could never sink. Oh, no. Who was that player that I told you I liked? On, I forgot his name. On the Reds, the guy who steals bases all the time. Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I like he, him. Uh, He's hot. I think he's a rookie this year. I think he's probably yeah. doing for rookie of the year. Yeah, there's a, a funny thing about baseball, and I think it's something you can get into, is it's changed. Everyone's actually in shape now. I, I noticed that. cares about fitness now. Yeah. Actually, the best players care about fitness. They're the Legal fitness. Yeah. I, I Legal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But you'll see pitchers are, are playing a lot longer. Position players are playing a lot longer. I think they're getting injured more because it's it is a unathletic sport. Let's call it gently, right? You're the first person I've ever heard call baseball that. Ever. Oh yeah, it is an unathletic sport, and, and I feel like you need the extra weight to just. But uh, a lot of these players who are in amazing shape that that could play football or basketball, they're getting injured more. What yeah. do you think? That, what do you think the reason for that is? That people who actually take care of themselves better, mm -hmm. we're playing mm -hmm. a sport which is actually probably the least athletic of the major sports. Mm -hmm. Definitely mm -hmm. less athletic than soccer. Mm -hmm. Why are they getting more injured while they are now are more healthy and fit? Yeah. There's two things. First, how many games do they play a season? 162. And how many months do they usually do that in? 
<sighs> like June six. to October, about six months. Yeah. So they're averaging just under a game a day, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that definitely. fair to say? Yeah. There is, if there's very little recovery time, man, it doesn't matter if you're working out, running, or nothing. If you don't recover properly, which there are tactics to recover, it's going to cause you issues immediately. And if Do you, you don't have so? time to, oh, absolutely, bro. That recovery time is so crucial. And one thing as a sports nutritionist, one of the things that I, I came up by, I, I learned was that the recovery period has a very distinct difference between active and inactive as far as how the athlete's doing. And that it applies for the types of sports that they're in versus endurance. Cause those people that run every single day or play XYZ sport every single day and have no issues because they, they have a very strict routine that happens with their during the game, after the game, in season, out of season. Mm -hmm. And a lot of athletes these days are a lot more top heavy and men have their center of gravity in their shoulders, which is a lot higher than their knees and ankles. So they're okay. more prone to lower extremity injuries because of that. So they're skipping leg day? I hope not, man. You never skip leg day, ever. I, I just find it real interesting, but that's that's a good point. And I think you're seeing a lot of that, like an NBA players are taking games off mm -hmm. and with, to, to our detriment. But I think in the MLB, you're probably gonna see that. Short of the really, season. Which makes it more believable that these NFL athletes are able to come out every week because they can shut it down for right. a few days out of the season, at least weekly. So rest is key. Rest is key, man. It's an, it doesn't have to be like a full on like sleeping rest and an active recovery day just is so helpful. And yeah. for people our age, man, as we get like closer to our 40s, like the days that we work out versus the days that we don't, it has to be an active recovery, not just something of just sitting around doing nothing. Like for, for me, I'm up to what, I'm, I work it out th three to four days a week. Yeah. And it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes either Saturday or Sunday. Those days yeah. in between like Tuesday and Thursday has to be a walk or something to help like just keep your joints moving. Right. So that's one thing that's really important. I know you've gotten really into fitness now, which is great to see me. Yeah, I've been, I, like I was telling you that one time you were at my house, I've been going about four to five times a week. Nice, and I this, it's been great. But this week, I've actually told myself, I'm going to just take it down to three days this week. Good. Because I actually, I'm with you. I think my body is starting to need active recovery because mm -hmm. it's just not having enough time because I'll work out, then I'll work and I'll sit a lot. Yep. Yep. And I don't feel like taking a walk in 107 degree weather. Nope. <laughs> so I think I actually got to give my body a little bit of rest to, to catch up on all, all that. So this is, I was going to tell you about that kind of offline that I'm, I'm seeing how this week feels. Mm -hmm. I actually feel, I feel good. I feel happy. I don't feel sore. So I think you're right. Rest is key. And I'll probably ramp it back up next week. I think, especially getting up to our advanced age, right? Oh, Just God. Start, oh, God. <laughs> In closing, man, first, I, I appreciate you coming on with me, man. It's been, Absolutely. It's, appreciate you first me. off, always good seeing you. Anything that you want to leave some of our business owners or people that have general questions about the law, man? Yeah, I think that one thing that people should know just about the law and lawyers is just ask them questions. I usually, my first conversations with people are, are not charged. It's, hey, this is how I think I could help you. This is the issue that I think you have, right? Don't fear that. Because I think even in that conversation, you may not hire me, but mm -hmm. you will learn, okay, these are things I got to look out for. And this is somebody who might be looking out for me. So I, I think what we're trying to do is identify issues to prevent you from getting sued. And I think it's hard for non-lawyers to see that. Even a 30-minute, hour-long conversation, I promise you, I won't charge you, will enlighten you on the kind of things you need. And just as if you go to, if I talk to you, H, like, you may tell me about things that I'm not getting in my body, nutrient mm -hmm. And you have. You, we've talked mm -hmm. about this. But I'm like, wow, 
we talked about creatine, right? Mm -hmm. There's a stigma mm-hmm. and you didn't charge it for that conversation. Right. So I think it, I think in the, in closing, it's good to have a lawyer friend. It is good to have a lawyer friend. Even when you were my friend, I was like, I still hesitated even asking you because I just, I never trusted you guys, man. It's just <laughs> flat out. I just like, but Kunal's done a really good job breaking the stigma of being an attorney. Kunal Shaw, business law attorney with a law firm of Spencer Fain in North Dallas. My man, I appreciate you, homie. Thank you, man. Great time. Yes, sir. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider giving us a five-star review anywhere that you get your episodes. Follow us at Sports Pharmacy Pod, as well as me, your host, at Dr. Mixalot. Join our Discord server for more interactions with me and fellow listeners. As always, stay well, stay hydrated, and I will catch you next time.